You're listening to Giggle Mug Sounds. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Go Home, You're Drunk, a comedy horror role-playing adventure which sees a comedian try and find their way home after a night out. My name is Sam Cochran and I'll be serving as a guide on this adventure. Today I'm joined by the amazing Vittorio Angeloni. How are you doing, Vittorio? Hello, I'm good. I'm very excited for my first ever Dungeons and Dragons style game comedy horror horror i'm not a horror fan but we'll make it nice well yeah like you said this podcast has taken some inspiration from dungeons and dragons the story is improvised and your actions will be dictated by dice rolls specifically a 20-sided die called a d20 the higher you roll the better you perform and there's just four stats you need to remember brains brawn feet and chat vittorio i've asked you to give each a plus one plus two plus three and minus one on dice rolls what have you gone for? I have been told by my brother, who is a Dungeons and Dragons uh, fanatic, that uh, this won't be allowed, but I'm going to ask anyway. <laughs> Go for it. Can I put all the pluses on brawn and just be plus six brawn and just minus one brains? <laughs> I like it. You are this big hulking figure and you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah, just this once. Let's break the rules. Let's do it. I just want to be hench. Yeah. Is that okay? Can I just be a big guy? Of course you can. You can be a big guy. <laughs> you can be a big guy in this fantasy world. Let's see how Vittorio Angeloni handles the old red bat. Bat as in like cricket bat or like animal? You'll, you'll have to keep playing to find out. <laughs> <laughs> there is more. There is more. It's late. You wake up sat upon the pavement, covered in sick. Is it your sick? Roll a d20. 18. It is your sick. You do recognise that sick. I recognise my lunch from yesterday. <laughs> that is better than the other option, which is you have no idea who threw up on you. Yes, that's. I hadn't considered that properly. Yes, I, you would prefer it to be your own sick. I thought I'd gotten the bad answer there. No, that's a good answer. They're both pretty bad. Well, they're both, but the sick is already preeminent. Like, the sick is there. We know the sick is there. But the fact that it's my sick, I'm okay with that. It's my foot-long steak and cheese subway from yesterday. Where were you before this? Where were you out? This is kind of the early hours of the morning I've woken up covered in sick. It's just dark, seemingly. It's dark, okay. You can't really gauge a time. I would say I was at the local pool, snooker and billiards hall. Nice. <laughs> By yourself, with friends? Or? No, I'm a hustler. I'm there. I think I think I'm a hustler, but I'm actually quite bad. Mm -hmm. So like I pretend to be bad to try and lure marks in for me to bet against them in pool or billiards. Oh, great. But I actually don't have the capability to win. <laughs> so have you just lost money in the process? Have you got any money on you? I reckon I've got a... Uh, £7.30 in my pocket. But surprisingly, as you reach into your pockets and you feel around for the money, the £7.30, you can't seem to find your keys. Oh, God. And you gaze up at the pub sign above your head, which reads, The Old Red Bat. Is this a pub open? I'd, I'd like to go into the pub, I think. Several lonely old men sit at tables, mumbling to themselves, each with a pint in hand. And you notice an intimidating landlady stood behind the bar. And from where you're stood, you can, you can see that her name badge reads Stella. And she says, 
you're back then. Oh, I mean, I like the fact that she's intimidating, even though I'm fucking massive. Um, <laughs> she's even bigger. Remarkably, she's got like a plus eight. On what? Brawn. She's a plus eight brawn. <laughs> she's a brawny lady. You don't want to get into a fight with her. Stella! <laughs> nice. You immediately bring the drama to the pub. Everyone turns and looks at you. You, you left in a hurry. You did say uh, you were going to be sick. Time to pay up for your tab. Uh, let's see, how many pints did you order again? How about you roll a d20 to see how many pints you had? I have rolled 14. 14 pints. That is a pretty valid amount of pints, I'd say, to vomit on yourself. That is that is a sick-worthy number of pints. I don't know. No, I probably have. I've done like the... You don't have this in England, do you? There's a tradition back home called the 12 pubs of Christmas. Nice. Okay. Where on one evening you go to 12 pubs kind of on your way into town and you have a pint at each pub. That's a great tradition. It gets really tough at the end. <laughs> Vomit worthy? Vomit worthy for sure. I remember once I um, had just been through kind of the biggest breakup of my life. Like it was like the, the day before the 12 pubs of Christmas. So I was mm-hmm. heartbroken and had an excuse to drink 12. <laughs> maybe before or after your uh, snooker pool experience, maybe you also did that you fitted in the 12 pubs. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's Christmas time. <laughs> well, go on, pay up, can you? I will say at this point, £7.30 doesn't feel like it's... You couldn't go far north enough if you tried to get 14 pints for 7.3 you know what let's um actually let's roll a d20 to see uh how far north you are it i'd say maybe you're in birmingham <laughs> <laughs> so it's still quite it's still relatively expensive but cheaper than london yeah not cheaper than london but i would say 14 pints you're looking at at least you're pushing a hundred pound bar tab there i would say realizing this immediately seeing that you only have that cash on you she says well then you can pay off your debt behind the bar you're covered in sick but luckily for you that's our uniform and you notice that she's also her shirts covered <laughs> in as well one of the lonely old blokes quickly stumbles towards you and says um can i have a packet of pork scratchings so i'm immediately put to work behind this bar straight in oh my god a ham-fisted oaf such as myself <laughs> you can't even fit through the little door thing. yeah the little flap on the bar that opens up i'm kind of squeezing past that and he wants pork scratchings i reckon i try to charge him the full like bar tab amount <laughs> unfortunately all you can find there is uh, some garlic bread what the fuck pub is this <laughs> in Birmingham. I don't know, that's how they do it. Big garlic bread vibes in Birmingham. I think I try and pass off the garlic bread as expensive uh, gourmet pork scratchings and that's why it's £100 for one baguette of pork scratchings. Well, um, roll chat in that case. And that's with no pluses or minuses because you're just a big, strong man. (laughs) We get... Three. <laughs> he might be drunk, but he doesn't quite fall for the fact that a garlic bread is a packet of pork scratchings. <laughs> Instead, you don't get away with it. Instead, he says, uh, I'll just have another pint. What have you got? What pints have you got? I'm already in on the in-jokes of the pub, I think. Mm-hmm. Anytime anybody asks what you've got, you always go, well, we've got Stella. And then you gesture towards Stella, the landlady. Nice. Um, which is just good. That's just good customer service, I think. <laughs> It's a pub in Birmingham, so we've got a local beer that I will invent the name of, the Black Country Black Stout. Nice, okay. We've got uh, Amstel. Have you got a, a cider? We have a cider. We've got Bulmers. Okay, so there's the local stout, 
there's an Amstel, and there's a Bormer's Cider as well. And weirdly, actually, as you're kind of listing these off and you look at the different taps, you notice that the Cider um, tap has a label across it saying, do not drink. And Stella sort of nudges you and says, uh, not the Cider, a bad batch of apples was used for that one. It's poisonous. Oh, I would I would disconnect the keg. <laughs> And strangely as well, the last one seems to be water with a symbol of a cross at the top of it. You got holy water on top? Could be, but the the chap doesn't fancy it. He says, um, I love the uh, Black Country Black. So I pour him a pint of the Black Country Black. Well, you... I try to. Do I try to? You try to. Got minus one brains. I feel like we need to roll for brains for everything for me, <laughs> like no matter what it is. But weirdly, you sort of you kind of attempt to pour this pint and it, it just spits and splutters. And Stella watches with concern and says, looks like you're going to need to change the barrel. <gasps> and at that moment, the lonely men in the pub, they all gasp at once. Despite someone hitting the balls on a pool table, they freeze in place the jukebox cuts out what was it playing killing in the name by rage against the machine because it's that it's because we said it's roughly christmas time it's that christmas where they were christmas number one. Oh wow this is in the past as well is it <laughs> <laughs> great fine 2010 birmingham 20 yeah 2010 feels right well it, it well it's not playing that song anymore it's cut out <laughs> um killing in the name of and the man he says um oh it, it's fine i'll just uh, i'll order something different and Stella responds, uh, no, you'll get exactly the point you wanted, won't he, Vittorio? And I naively say, yes, I will go change the barrel. Go down to the cellar, okay, but nowhere else, you hear me? Now, the issue was, I was a bit pissed when I sorted the barrels. None of them have the right labels. They're all mixed up, and I don't want you to waste any, so I'll let you try one of them to check, okay? Okay. One more thing, don't make a sound. As you do it. It's all so daunting. Everyone was so nervous at any mention of changing a barrel and now I have to do it in deathly silence and only allowed to try one of them. So do you want to head down to the, uh, the cellar? Yeah, I think we got to go down to the cellar and see what all the tension's about. Well, so you open the door to find a, a dark, creaky staircase leading down to the cellar. Um, how about you roll feet to see if you make any noise as you do it? 17! Nice. It's stealthy. It's quiet. There's not even a single creak as you go. You perfectly manage it and you reach the bottom of the staircase. And as you do, you notice that the entrance to the cellar is uh, next to the men's loo, but that's currently closed. So as you continue on inside into the damp cellar, it's dingy and lit only by a solitary flickering light bulb. And in front of you are several metal barrels, but there are only three which aren't already hooked up via tubes. And that's the... Wait, sorry, I was changing the lighting to be a flickering light bulb on my app. So I I, I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> Great, let's see how you get on. Um, <laughs> I also love like an audio podcast. It's, it's really just for you. I'm, I'm, really, I'm looking at a script at this point, so I couldn't even see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a waste of time and effort. <laughs> That's so fun. So I, right, there's a flickering light bulb, three barrels. Yeah, there are only three barrels that aren't already hooked up via the tubes. So you can assume that one of these is the one you're after. The issue is they've all got the wrong labels on them. So you know for sure that if one says one thing on it, it definitely won't have that thing inside it. So they're all mixed up. Okay. The only thing that maybe you can do to help you is that you are allowed to test one of them. But remember that the Balmers, wherever it may be, is poisonous. So I think I have to test... The Bulmer's Barrel, because that's the only surefire way not to die and end this podcast after about 20 minutes. 
<laughs> yeah, so you, you do that. Presumably you open up the uh, barrel, you pour yourself uh, a small little pint and Balmer's has Amstel uh, is what you can taste inside. So if the Balmer's has the Amstel, that means that the black country, black stout barrel has to have... Wait, give me a second, Sam. <laughs> You've got this, you got this. So the, the Balmer's barrel has Amstel in it. That means that the Black Country Black can't have Amstel in it as well. And it also can't have the Black Country Black. So the Black Country Black Stout has to have Bomers in it. Nice. Some good deducing there. So what does that mean for which barrel are you going to hook up to the tube? He wanted the Stout, didn't he? So I'm going to hook up the Amstel barrel. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to hook up the Amstel barrel and it will be Stout. Nice. So you lift it up, you hook it in. I don't really know how pubs, I don't know how it works, um, but I'm assuming this is it. You stick the tube in, uh, I guess. <laughs> you can see this uh, in the see-through tube, you can see this sort of black stout go up through it. There is, there is a see-through tube. There is a see-through tube. Thank you. I'm glad. And so it heads on up. So you're assuming that you've got it right. Yeah, no, I think we got to go back up and just use the, the old man as a guinea pig. <laughs> he's on his way out it's fine <laughs> so as you exit the room you notice um weirdly that the door to the gents is now slightly ajar which it wasn't before it was closed i mean part of me thinks that's nothing to do with me i realized i said that in a way that made it sound mysterious but actually I, someone might have used it i guess i've gained a lot of dedication as a staff member of this pub early on in my career at the pub i would say so i'm gonna stick my head in and do a check just so I can, you know, the little sheet they have at pubs mm -hmm. where they sign off every hour that someone's checked the toilets to make sure nothing bad has happened. I'm going to do that just so I can sign my little name and leave my mark, my legacy at the pub. Yeah, good for you. Cool. So, well, you push the door and it creaks open. What you see in front of you are just two urinals and there's a cubicle, which does say out of order. I reckon I go for a piss. Roll a d20 to see if you accidentally piss on yourself at all. It's a 17. So yeah, you go for a piss, you don't piss on yourself. That's so cool. I'm so into that. You finish your piss and you go to wash your hands, I presume. Yeah, I'll wash my hands. Although given that the uniform of the pub is to, that your shirt is covered in sick, I feel like the trousers might have to be covered in piss as well. So it could have been a negative thing that I didn't <laughs> um, piss myself. And as you do, as you turn back and you wash your hands, you catch yourself in the mirror and pause. Mm. And you kind of stare at your reflection because it feels almost as though Someone is watching you. I'm getting skittish. I'm going back upstairs. Nice one. So you continue out, you head up the steps and are almost at the top when you hear a voice say in a whisper, I've got your keys. Oh no. You turn back, but there's no one there. Just for a laugh, can I give it a big identify yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you do it uh, and, and it echoes, but weirdly, no response. Um, I'm going to go ask Stella if there's a demon in the cellar. <laughs> not just because it rhymes. So as you re-enter the pub, uh, Stella exclaims with open arms, Bloody hell, you did it! And she hands the old man his pint of black country, black stout, with a smile, and he happily stumbles back to his seat. That barrel has needed changing for years. I've sent a lot of chaps down there before, but none of them have ever come back. Wow. He must have taken a liking to you. Count yourself lucky. Count myself lucky. Can I just ask, who's he? Who's the he you're referring to, Stella? You don't know. His name is Nosfafartoot. 
Nosferatu. That's the worst bit of the podcast out of the way. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he hangs around the gents. I mean, I've, I've never seen him myself, but I've heard he's as pasty white as Peruvian flake. Well, consider your debt paid off. You're free to go home. Wait, the gents? I was just in the gents. I went for a nice, clean piss. And you, you didn't have any trouble? There was the weird thing with the mirror. It, the mirror seemed weird. Look, if, if you need to get back down there, there's only one person who's seen Nosferatu too and lived to tell the tale. And that's Bud. He hosts the pub quiz. He'll have all the answers you need, but be warned, he takes the pub quiz very seriously. Thank you for your sage but somewhat fuzzy advice. I go over to, to Bud. Is he sitting at a table? Where's Where's Bud? Yeah, so he's he's sat. He's in one of those kind of stools that's slightly higher than the table because he's mm. surveying the area as a quiz master would. But he's kind of rambling into a microphone, but no one seems to be listening to him. As you go over, he doesn't seem to pay you any attention. This is some kind of like a, like Miles Davis towards the end of his career he used to play with his back to the audience kind of free jazz pub quizzing so i guess i I tap bud on the shoulder you do exactly that and he doesn't even acknowledge you it might be worth maybe roll uh try rolling brains see how you get on 18 minus one this is so sick what you can see with a 17 brains is that there's in front of him a stack of quiz sheets Mm -hmm. on the table there and and at the top of it you can kind of see a section which has like your team name and it specifies quiz puns only and next to it is written two pounds per person bud can i enter the quiz he doesn't respond but he does roll a pen towards you wow like like king charles Yes, exactly like King Charles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the future, that is. Uh, yes, yeah, Prince Charles at the time. So I pick up the pen. I write down uh, Quiz Team Aguilera. Nice. It's a good one. And Oh, I spend almost one third of my earthly possessions to enter this quiz. I spend two pounds of my seven pounds 30. And I put it in, I guess there's a pot or something. Perfect. Yeah, you put it in the pot and he turns to you. And he says, I have all the answers. What would you like to know? Well, bud, I was just downstairs and I believe I'm the only person to have gone down, changed a barrel and come back in years. What lives down there, bud? And bizarrely, rather than answer your question, he says, how many hearts does an octopus have? Two. The correct answer is three. And he begins mumbling once more to himself and sort of turns away from you. Oh no, he's going to rinse me. (laughs) Have another two quid, bud, you dickhead. Wow, so you're down to to 3.30 now, is that? Yeah. So you do that, and again he says, I have all the answers, what would you like to know? Who lives downstairs, bud? And he responds with, what's the smallest country in the world? It's got to be on a technicality, the Vatican City. And he says... Oh, well, that would be, yeah, Nosferatu, and he feasts on virgins. You might be in trouble. <laughs> Rude, bud. Uh, they don't call him the Impaler for nothing. So he says, yeah, well, see, this pub is full of them. The sad, lonely men who come here and sit by themselves reading the paper. They're not actually reading, they're just trying to look busy whilst desperately searching for human interaction. And he turns away and continues to mumble into his microphone. So the men of the pub are desperately seeking human interaction. So I don't, I've only got £3.30 left, so I can only basically consult Bud one more time. I mean, what I will say, I was quite interested to see how much money you got rid of, but I've never been to a pub quiz before where if you get an answer wrong, you have to pay more money. 
That's true. I kind of just gave him more money for no reason. <laughs> That's so funny. Do you want to ask him anything else? Is Nosferatu uh, a danger to people who aren't virgins, or is it just to virgins? And he says to you, what weapon does the King of Diamonds have? A sword? Final answer? Yeah. It's an axe. And he turns away and continues oh. talking to himself. Can I repeat questions? But I mean, Bud's not going to answer this without another question. <laughs> what I will say is actually with your earlier role of, was it 17 brains? Mm. I'll say that, um, interestingly, there is a different colored sheet at the bottom of the stack of player sheets, I suppose. And that catches your eye. Oh, have I found the answer sheet? Do you want to have a look? While Bud is mumbling in the other direction, I, I sneakily take the coloured sheet from the bottom of the stack. And uh, what sort of questions do you see? Uh, like intensely racial ones, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, interesting. So, the, I don't know. The next, uh, so, do you ask him anything else? I, I, I think I say to Bud, uh, if Nosferatu had my keys what would be the best course of action to get them back off him? Sure. And he says to you, um, was Jesus white or black? Probably like mid Middle Eastern. Probably like in the middle, I would say. Black. Let's say black. Let's say black. Probably closer to black than white. I mean, the answer's in front of you. Uh, but now that you've answered his intensely racial question, he says, <laughs> um, well, let me tell you about my experience. I was a goner. That one time in the caretaker store cupboard wasn't enough. But I tried a new pint at the bar. Thought it was a weak IPA, but it turned out to be holy water. I dropped the pint in fear, and as the glass smashed, he fled back into his cubicle. And he also says to you, um, he sort of holds a moment with you and says, um, A word of warning. Even the great Miguel ventured down there to slay the beast, but never returned. Okay, I've had a, an aggressive thought of a plan. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to the old virgin man who's drinking his stout that I've sorted out for him. Yeah. I'm going to go up to him and I'm going to say, hey, buddy, there's uh, pork scratchings in the cellar. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh, roll chat. 17, baby! <laughs> it's great. Immediately, his eyes light up and he legs it downstairs. Anything else you want to do? I'm going after him. He's the bed at the end of my hook. <laughs> you arrive at the door and you look down the steps, but there's no sign of him, weirdly. I gotta go down the creaky staircase again. Yeah, why don't you roll feet? Three. Do you want to describe how you... Um... I think three is I just absolutely stack it down the stairs and I'm such a massive guy that it like breaks the staircase in half. <laughs> <laughs> you sort of roll, I would say. You trip and you roll. Yeah. And what you notice now is that the, the gents lose. You see that the cubicle door is open and there's a long tunnel leading from it. I go, I, I go down the tunnel. You take a step after him. Are you, call, are you saying anything or are you trying to be quiet after that? What's the old man's name? Old Virgin Man, are you there? He's probably got another beer name. Um, what have you had? Stella Buds. Oh, I hadn't even clocked that. That's funny. That's good writing. Oh, thank you. There's got to be a... Sam Adams. Yeah, go for it. Sam! And it echoes down the, Sam, 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 down the tunnel. You squint your eyes to try and see if you can catch a glimpse of, of Sam. But as you do, the door behind you slams shut. And I can't pull it off its hinges. <laughs> uh, why don't you try? Plus six as well. Jeez, I think you might. It's a nine. 
which is a 15. Not all the way, but you do rip open kind of half yeah. the door. And as you do, you're met by um you're met by Butt, the quiz master, who who says, Oh, uh, quickly, uh, master, I have one for you. Uh, a virgin. And as you kind of try and pull it open, assuming I, I would imagine that the creature is coming from behind you, mm. you notice from the other side of the door, but stagger back in fear as you see first the shadow and then the body of this menacing, pasty figure emerging from the cellar. He grabs Bud and lifts him up. Uh, no, no, master, please. And Bud panics, says, uh, which uh, Snow Patrol song was covered by Leona Lewis? And as he says that, this, this man, this creature, bites him in the neck viciously and Bud is screaming out in pain and agony as blood sprays and sprays across you as well. It gets through the gap in the door and you sort of stagger back and fall to the ground in response as uh, blood seeps down through the, the cracks in the door, the cracks that you made. Nosfafartu rips off Bud's head and it falls to the floor with a thud and kind of rolls towards you. It falls through the hole in the door. And Nosfartu looks over at you and says, run. I run I run down the tunnel. So you leg it down the tunnel. Uh, let's roll feet. Let's see how you get on. 15. You head down the tunnel. You don't know where you're going. Maybe I, I drop my 20 pence and 10 pence while I'm running. Not any more than that. He's not. Yeah, he's not getting my pound coins. And you continue down into the darkness. And, and actually, yeah, you can hear him say, oh, money. <laughs> um, as you continue down, the tunnel at a pace, you collide with uh, the body of Sam. His neck is sort of ripped open. Uh, he's He's got his like last few breaths, I'd say. Sam, did you get my keys? <laughs> with his, it, all the strength that he's got, all the strength he can muster, he points down the tunnel and then he dies. So I think I throw Sam's body as far as I can back down the tunnel towards Nosferatu to try and like hold him off because he'll probably eat sam i would assume yeah nice so and as you do um you immediately see some rats as well kind of crawl out from the the cave walls and and start gnawing on his body mm. as this creature you can kind of see him in the distance and and you can hear his voice echoing down the cave he says you can't run for me victoria yeah i gotta i gotta keep moving i'm gonna keep running as you do you you kind of you continue away and you can hear nosafati singing um light up Ladder. <laughs> he tried to do himself. He, he answered that he knew it was run by Leonie Lewis. You continue down the cave passageway, and after a while, you come across what seems to be kind of a long, one-sided mirror, mm -hmm. which looks out onto another toilet. And this one is different to the last. Rather than urinals, it has a trough, and Next to the sink is an array of colognes, some lollipops, as well as a framed photo of the same pasty man who you just encountered. But he looks younger, with less blood around his mouth. So I'm on the wrong side of a two-way mirror type thing? Well, it depends on... <laughs> it depends your what you're into, I suppose. I can see this kind of different man's toilet. A framed picture of Nosferatu. In his younger days, you can assume. And, and on the side, on this tiled wall, is drawn a map in blood with the different kind of pub names at each stop. I look around for a like a way of getting into the toilet that isn't just smashing this mirror. And as you're kind of searching the the mirror for a way inside, you hear a voice from behind you say, he used to sell cologne to men in this toilet. Mm. You turn sharply to see um, a muscular figure, almost as muscular as you, wearing a long 
trench coat. And he says, the name's Miguel. Nice work back there. That would have slowed him down. So I asked Miguel, I go, but I thought you disappeared many years ago. Where have you been? I spent years in these tunnels, stalking the creature in an attempt to capture him. My plan is to one day lure him back to the old red bat and trap him in one of the barrels. But I've been watching, waiting for the right moment. You see, he, he built this underground cave system to connect every pub and club toilet in the city. He feasts on the lonely old men when they go to take a leak. What are you doing here? I'm initially trying to find my keys because I believe Nosfartut has stolen them, but now I feel somewhat invested in the capture and destruction of Nosfartut. Well, in his lair, he keeps a stash of items from his victims. I, I, you know, I, I could take you there myself, but I've never been able to crack the code. You see, he lives in the toilets of a secret club called The Canine. Now, it's not on the map, but I know it's hidden somewhere between two pubs in the north of the city. Let's go to the north of the city. Yeah, sure. So what, what you do is you you see um, from where you stood through this one-sided mirror on the blood's drawn map. The map, yeah, yeah. In the north side of the city, there are about six different pubs. And the names are The King's Head, The Black Dog, The White Horse, The Sharp Tooth, The Rising Sun, and The Green Man. And if what uh, Miguel is saying is correct, then you can assume that the canine is is hidden somewhere between two of these pubs. I think I'm going to head for the Black Dog. So you'd head in the direction of the Black Dog. Is there another pub that you think it could be between? I think it's got to be the Sharp Tooth and the Black Dog. I think that's what, what I'm orienting us towards. If you're right, and the canine is between the Black Dog and the Sharp Tooth, then you'll need to travel through two different pub toilets to reach it. But be warned. All kinds of creatures lurk inside. You'll need to get there before he does. I can accompany you. The first pub we'll need to go through is the, uh, what does that say there on the map? And uh, you kind of follow his gaze over to the list of pubs on this map and uh, welcome to the pub name generator. So uh, this is where your D6 will come in handy. Um, what I've got is uh, six adjectives and six nouns and you'll roll a dice twice. And whatever you roll will decide what the pub is called and subsequently what the toilets are like inside. Two and a four. Okay, and what you've got is the slutty crumpet. Nice. Let's go. And as you, you walk on your way, you're kind of continually looking back to see if you will see this figure following you or, or whether um, you'll get away okay. And you arrive through this uh, hole in the wall of another cubicle. You see a, a lot of uh, large men uh, on, on poles. And beyond these large men, you can see um, another cubicle with a, a hole inside, which presumably is where you're trying to get to. Okay. So we try to sneak past the large men on the poles to get to the other hole. Let's roll some feet as they're kind of spinning on these poles. I'm rolling feet. It's a 10. I, what I'd say is that <laughs> you don't, you, you get past maybe the first figure. Um, the second one sort of turns towards you and, and you kind of feel his uh, sweaty bod rub up against you um, as you, you, you kind of get caught between him and another large man. I mean, that's got to be bad for him. He's getting, I'm getting sweat. He's getting vomit. <laughs> I like in this scenario, he's the one that's grossed out. Yeah. So there's two sweaty men grinding up against me. Yeah, pretty much. But are they, they're not being aggressive. They're just dancing up upon us. They're just dancing. And actually one of them says to you, um, have you got any money? I absolutely don't, sir. <laughs> I've got three pounds. That's not even a meal deal nowadays. Do you want to give him the money? No, I don't want to give him the money. <laughs> 
So do you continue past and try and get to the cubicle? Yeah, blinkers <laughs> on, try and get to the cubicle. As you do, he says, hey lad, that wasn't for free. And he, he grabs your the back of your neck and pulls you back towards him. I punch him in the face. <laughs> Roll brawn. It's two, it's plus six, but it's still not great. You go to punch him and what you do, because of how sweaty this environment is, you end up missing, turning and punching uh, Miguel in the face and he falls to the floor, his nose bloodied. No! And now what's happened is after that attempted attack on this guy, the other two sort of turn and square up towards you. Whoa, guys, guys, I'm just trying to, I didn't ask for any of this. You, you are uh, entrapping me into kind of some kind of solicited go-go dancing. They look at you and almost kind of uh, one of them puts out his hands, uh, almost demanding the money that you've got or, or some sort of payment for their time. Give them a quid between them and hope that they accept this generous offering. None of them are happy with only having one pound. And Miguel is on the floor and as you're speaking to them, he's sort of sidling towards the other cubicle door and the tunnel to get out. I give Miguel the little like very quick glance of like, keep fucking keep sidling i'll deal with these punks sure what i do is i go to the the smallest of the three fellas mm -hmm. with the three pounds in my hand and as if i'm going to give him the three pounds all the three pounds and then i very very quickly throw the coins into his face hoping that they go into his eyes and blind him briefly and as you do as you throw the coins in his face the other two turn and jump at him in pursuit of the money. And so they're all sort of scrambling amongst each other. In a cartoon cloud of limbs. Absolutely. And and you see Miguel say, come on, we've got to go. We go. I got, I got to leave the money behind and leave with my life. It wasn't an easy experience, that one. Let's hope this next one might be better. Um, roll another D6 twice. A six and a two. You get the crusty... You get the crusty sofa. You arrive at what can only be described as almost like a bouncy castle in quality. Wow. Sort of cushions are all around you on the floor, on the walls, on the ceiling. But although there's no one here and you can see some urinals around you as well, as you take a step, uh, your foot almost gets trapped in a very sticky sort of fabric. Uh, not a fan of this, but I think we've come this far. I'm pretty gross at this point as well. I'm covered in sweat, sick and piss. <laughs> Why not make it a full house? I start looking through the the cubicles to see if any of them have a, a hole through to where we're trying to get to. As you do, as you take another step, that kind of gets stuck as well. Maybe let's roll a brains to see how you get on. 20 minus one. Despite getting uh, stuck immediately, your two legs, you sort of fall. And as you fall, you, you kind of fall into the crack of two cushions and find yourself able to kind of slide underneath and you continue um, along and you, you gesture to Miguel to follow you this time and you arrive at a kind of an exit, a little tunnel beneath the cushions. Before we go into the tunnel, I would like to apologize to Miguel. I'm very sorry, Miguel, for punching you in the face earlier. It obviously wasn't my intention. It was a very sweaty room and I meant to punch the possibly gay fella. <laughs> He sort of uh, turns his head, um, <laughs> unsure about it, but at least is touched by the fact that you didn't mean to punch him. <laughs> he says, uh, thank you for your, your kind words. It, it really means a lot. Um, you need to maybe shape up your views generally, but uh, I appreciate it <laughs> nonetheless. And he kind of pats you on the shoulder and he says, we're in this together. Let's go, Miguel, down into the into the sticky tunnel. Before you know it, you arrive at um, an entrance with a flickering neon sign above it, which reads, The Canine. 
Unreal. Miguel kind of looks at you and says, nice work. The tension is unbelievable. So this is his lair where my keys may be. Do you take a step inside? Yeah, we step inside. Miguel goes first. (laughs) You kind of shove him slightly. Well, I pass it off as a, I pass it off as an encouraging, we did it, pat on the back, but it's quite firm. I'm quite strong. And he continues ahead. And what you're met with, I suppose, is a big tiled room Mm. and it's, it's dark and grimy and seedy. And there are urinals at weird angles. And at the center of this room is what can only be described as a nest of keys. I say to Miguel, You've been navigating these tunnels for a long time now. Do you have some kind of light that would help us search through these this mound of keys? And he says, I have a torch on my phone. What do your keys look like? My actual keys have a key ring that is a QR code to my Instagram. And also a bottle opener, which is merch of mine from my last tour. But I, I won't be using that merch company again because the, the writing on it has completely faded off in the past six months. Um, so you describe that to him and you kind of... And he says, what's a QR code? It's 2010. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Miguel sort of turns to you and he says, uh, what about this one here? Is this Could this be it? And you look at it and it is um, there's a bottle opener on it and, it and it's kind of faded. And next to that is, a uh, surprisingly, a keyring with a QR code on it. I think those are my keys. How did you do that? And he scans the QR code. And weirdly, it doesn't take him to your Instagram. It takes him to Nosferatu's Instagram. You both see this first picture of Nosferatu. And he's looking quite chic in his, his recent post. Miguel holds up his phone and you hear, looking for these? But you quickly realize it's not a video. And Miguel lowers his phone to reveal Nosferatu stood there holding your keys, which are exactly how you described. And Miguel scans the QR code from where he is. It takes him to your Instagram. He gives you a follow. Yeah. Solid. Weirdly, he's not looking at you, but he's looking at Miguel. And he says, Sam Miguel, you look good. Oh, who didn't tell you? And you kind of take a step away from Miguel. You're confused as to what is going on here, what the relationship is, and see in his phone, Nosferatu's Instagram. And further down on the profile is uh, a photo of them together in the club toilets. And they're laughing, they're smiling together. And uh, Miguel says... (laughs) You, you, you don't understand. Uh, let me explain it. And, and then Nosferatu says, No, no, let me. I used to sell cologne to men in the gents, but they never paid me any attention. Until one day, I met someone. We spent the night in a cubicle. I sprayed my scent and she gave me a love bite. They told me that he'd often hook up with guys in toilets. But me, it was my first time. I was no longer a virgin. Like all the others. Then he ghosted me. I built this whole cave system and searched every pub and club toilet in the city, hoping that one day we'd meet again, so I could teach him a lesson. But after all that time, you really build up an appetite. So I gave every lonely man I came across a love bite, to put them out of their misery, and grant them the one thing I so desperately craved. Men never paid me any attention, but they do now. And Sam Miguel says, I I heard what you were doing, I... I came here to find you, to stop you. It's funny. I've waited so long to give you a love bite, but maybe I'll give your friend one first. And he turns to you. There's nothing to do with me, Nosferatut. I just met this bozo. <laughs> and with that, Nosferatut slowly steps towards you and you kind of fall back into the nest of keys. You're at the center of it as he approaches you and readies his fangs. While stumbling back into the keys, I subtly grab little handfuls of them 
I turn myself into like the shittest Wolverine of all time. <laughs> Roll a brawn. It's a 16 plus 6. That's 22. That's unbelievable. It's also the highest roll anyone's ever rolled on this podcast. <laughs> you scratch him. You manage to nail him across the face and he, he staggers back and he drops your keys in the process. I dive for my keys and try to do a shoulder roll and keep the momentum going to get out of the tunnel. As you do, Miguel takes a step after you, but he is pulled backwards by Nosafartu, who, who drags him onto the floor and um, starts to scratch at him. Get out of here, Vittorio. <laughs> Go, just rally the troops. You can't do this alone. You'll 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 need help. Promise me. Promise me you'll find a way to stop him. Miguel, I'm sorry. And then I run down the tunnel back towards Well, there's nobody at the crusty sofa, so that's almost no use. What is fine? So you've got to go through that way anyway. So you sprint back and you can hear screaming in the distance um as as Miguel, you can assume, is is ripped apart. So you um, dive into the entrance to the crusty sofa and you crawl underneath. You continue out through. You manage to avoid getting stuck. Um, and as you do, you arrive back at the uh, slutty crumpet. There to greet you are those same three big men on their poles. I say, boys, I've seen the error of my mildly homophobic ways. And there is currently uh, another member of your community <laughs> being uh, fairly viciously attacked and not in like a cool kinky way I need your help I need your reinforcements uh, I need you to have my back let's go alright let's roll chat it's it's an it <laughs> maybe quite understandably they do nothing they stand in front of you they sort of shrug and if anything they um, one of them puts their hand out again and um, gestures for some more coins. I say, you're you're uh, you're dancers. You're you're like kind of nightclub dancey, sweaty guys. <laughs> you you must like uh, drugs. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what is useful for taking small amounts of drugs to keep the night going. Keys. You'd love loads of keys, wouldn't you? I'll tell you where we can find loads of keys. I'll, I'll get you to roll chat one more time just to see how you get on it. 13. Nice. That's enough for them to kind of look at each other and kind of stumble towards the uh, the exit to this pub. And they sort of push amongst each other to try and get through this quite tight tunnel. And as you head off through the exit, you can kind of hear in the distance of that pub, you just came through some cries in pain. They may well have <laughs> just been mauled to death. But they definitely weren't virgins. <laughs> And you find yourself in the original men's loose of the old bread bat next to the cellar. Mm. You also recall that Miguel, his plan was to to trap the beast inside a barrel. Yeah. Which barrel had the poison in it? In retrospect, I remember very clearly I relabeled the barrels with their proper thing. Um, so I grabbed the, the recently relabeled Bomer's barrel because I'm very strong. I'm very strong. And actually, yeah, let's get you to, I'll get you to roll brawn for that. It's a seven, which becomes a 13. It's all right. What I'd say is that you do you do successfully heave it towards the door of the cellar. But as you do, you, you sort of knock it over. So some of the poison immediately pours out onto the floor. But as you do that, you also notice that in the corner of the room is a holy water barrel as well. Oh, yeah. You hear Nosafartu as he crawls down that passage back towards the gents loose. I flip the Bomer's barrel back upright so it's no longer spilling onto the floor. And then I reach 
as a first port of call to try and I th- I think the holy water might cleanse him of his evil ways but then I think the backup plan is just to smash a barrel of poison over his head so I grab the holy water and lift it above my head and as he's coming into the the cellar and I fucking throw the hope the barrel of holy water at Nosfafartut and as you do that um let's have a roll for Braun see how you get on 10, 16. Everything is a good roll now with Braun. (laughs) I see why I don't do this normally. You do it and you throw it and you manage to land it so it sort of splits open and the holy water sprays all over his face and he falls backwards onto the floor and says, ow, that barrel hurt. And weirdly, and it doesn't seem to be doing anything. The holy water seems not to have any effect on this man. It's almost like it's sort of been implied all this way through that he's a vampire, but in reality, maybe he's just... He's just a lonely gay fella. I like the thought that my slightly homophobic character thought that the holy water would work because he's gay, not because he's a demon. (laughs) 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 He um, staggers to his feet once more and he continues towards you That is until you see another figure leap and tackle him to the ground. And that is, of course, Miguel, bleeding, wounded. And and he kind of tries to to pin him down. And he says, ready the other barrel. Go, quickly, get the barrel. The poison barrel. I have it ready to go, waiting for my moment when they're kind of wrestling on top of each other. And I'm like waiting for the moment to poison Nosferatu, but I don't want to poison my old pal Miguel. Well, were you happy to leave him earlier? I've changed my ways. <laughs> <laughs> what Miguel is doing is he's sort of readying Nosferatu to throw him into the barrel. Oh, I cracked the top of the barrel open so it's there for him to be thrown into. Cool. And he launches him. Yeah. In size. Uh, let's have a brawn just to see if you can manage this. But you are a, a hulking figure. It's a 13, which is a 19. Easy. So he is launched inside into the barrel. You can hear him scream in pain. And do you, are you going to try and close it as well? Yeah, I think it's been like an alley-oop type situation. So I think he's tossed it up. I've caught Nosferatut and like slam dunked him into the barrel. And then I'm going to try and put the lid back on and hold it down. And Miguel quickly joins you. And he also puts his arms uh, and his hands onto the barrel to keep it shut. And together you successfully manage to secure it and until the thudding on the top of the barrel stops and there's silence. He turns to you and he says, we did it. You did it. I say, no, let's go for a pint upstairs. And as you go, he, he stops you and says, there's, uh, there's more work that needs to be done down here. And he's sort of, his hand is kind of clutching his neck. And he says, uh, I'll see you next time you're in the old bread bat and uh, pints on me as you're out of money. <laughs> and he continues back through the gents lose and he kind of staggers away wow and he knows where to find you he follows you on instagram i go back upstairs to see what the fuck stella's been doing this whole time and you climb the broken stairs and stella is so inattentive she's just like yeah sometimes guys go downstairs and then never come back well well. (laughs) you open the door and stella says right on cue i'm locking up it's nearly morning hey how about you come back here tomorrow for another shift no thank you stella (laughs) I am going home with my keys. You mad bitch. And she said, understood. And you, <laughs> and you um, continue out and you eventually make it home. Thank God. I've been covered in sick this whole time. But hey, do you want to go and enjoy the rest of your Christmas <laughs> Eve? <laughs> Christmas day? Well, I, yes, I go into the living room and Santa has been... <laughs> <laughs>
great. Yes, Anthony's been. You you admire the presence that you got down there. You open one, and it's a book on like how to look out for your gay friends. Yes, it's a yeah, it's a book on the the Stonewall riots and the kind of pride movement more broadly and the importance of it. And that is the message that we'll end. Listen, that was good fun. You did well. You made it home. Not everyone does. Yeah, I feel like I should have lent on the um, the unbelievable weight of any brawny moves I went for. I should have just tried to smash everything at every point because just couldn't have done anything about it. It was a yeah, slow realisation as you went that I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Go Home You're Drunk is a Gigglebug Sounds production, starring Vittorio Angeloni, written and edited by Sam Cochran, with Xavier Fawcett as script consultant, additional edits by Alex Prescott, who is also our crash test dummy, music composition and recording by Benedict Richardson, artwork by Bethany Weston, and you can check out Vittorio's brilliant debut special, Translations, on YouTube, his podcast, Mike and Vittorio's Guide to Parenting, on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to see him in person, he's currently on a UK tour with his brand new show, Who Do You Think You Are? I Am. Tickets are available on vittorioangeloni.com. And you can follow this podcast on our socials at yourdrunkpod on Insta, Twitter, and TikTok. We're just starting out, so if you want to help us by sharing the podcast with mates or by giving us a nice rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, we would hugely appreciate it. Next episode coming 12th of March. Mm-hmm.